Well, we finally know how much the PlayStation 5 is going to be and when it's coming out thanks to today's big PlayStation event. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams. I cover gaming news. You can check out the rest of my content on the channel because it's normally a much higher quality than this. I'm currently on vacation. As the sign hints at behind me, I am at a beach house until the weekend. So ultimately, out of all of the weeks of the year, they held a PlayStation event on the one that I'm not in town to cover it. Great times. Uh, but regardless, the news keeps coming, so I'll keep talking about it. The PlayStation 5 is now coming out on November the 12th in many of the world's largest territories, and then it's coming out on November the 19th globally. How much is it going to be? Starting at $399, you can pick up a PlayStation 5 Digital Edition, or if you want the Physical Edition with a disk drive, you can pick that up for $499. Personally, I think this is phenomenal because I was expecting $499 for the Digital and $599 for the Physical. So $100 off of my expectation means that I am a pretty happy camper with these prices. But how does it stack up against its main competitor, the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S? Of course, the Xbox Series X is also priced at $499 and is technically more powerful than the PlayStation 5, but how evident that is going to be, especially at the beginning of the generation, is still yet to be seen. Then, the two other consoles, the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition is $399, the Series S is $299. The difference here is that the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition is not different than the PlayStation 5 Physical Edition. It is still an incredibly powerful console that is more on par with the Xbox Series X. The Series S, however, on the Xbox side of things, is targeting 1440p. It's not going for that 4K resolution as far as gameplay goes, which means it's in a league of its own. It's not really trying to compete with the PlayStation 5 directly for that 4K experience. So the consumer has a lot of options here, but ultimately, if you are looking for a next-gen device, the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition might be the way to go depending on what games you want to play and how much money you're willing to spend. Now let's get into the rest of the big announcements. First and foremost, the PlayStation Plus Collection. This looks to be PlayStation's answer to Xbox Game Pass, which of course I have been talking about for many months now, and I have called it the best deal in gaming. So ultimately, the PlayStation Plus Collection provides you instant access to downloads of some of PlayStation 4's biggest hits. You have Ratchet & Clank, you have Days Gone, you have Infamous Second Son, games like Monster Hunter World from third parties, Resident Evil 7, so it looks like a partnership with Capcom is in the works for the PlayStation Plus Collection, and of course, big games like The Last of Us Remastered. There is a lot to dig into in the PlayStation Plus Collection. Essentially, it provides you instant access to the majority of the biggest games in the entire PlayStation catalog. So that is coming to PlayStation Plus. Now, price changes to Plus have not been announced. So far, it seems like this is just providing more value for the consumer, and that is fantastic. And personally, I think it is a direct result of actually having competition in the form of these subscriptions that Microsoft has brought to the table. On top of that, God of War is back in 2021. That is right, Ragnarok has been confirmed to be coming next year, which makes me very excited because God of War was one of the best games I played this entire generation. If you have not played 2018's God of War on the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 4 Pro, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It is worth diving into. Outside of that, we saw some very enticing gameplay of Spider-Man Miles Morales. We saw Deathloop. We saw Demon's Souls gameplay and a pretty solid stretch of it, and so much more. 
However, shockingly, one of the best looking games, in my opinion, was a new Five Nights at Freddy's, which makes me feel uncomfortable. It kind of feels weird to say that, uh, but it still looked very, very good. Uh, on top of that, we saw a new trailer for Resident Evil 8. And if you want to check out the entire thing, the event in and of itself, you can find it over on the official PlayStation YouTube channel. Just cutting in here, it's me from the future editing the video that you're watching right now. News just broke as I am currently editing this video. Horizon Forbidden West, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Sackboy A Big Adventure are all coming to the PlayStation 4 as well as the PlayStation 5. Now, needless to say, they will look their best on the PlayStation 5, but if you just want to experience these games, you don't have to buy a new console. Which brings me to the point that I'm getting ready to make. There really is no reason to buy a PlayStation 5 in 2020, because most of the biggest games, including their one big flagship title, Spider-Man Miles Morales, that's coming to the PlayStation 4. But there is still a big problem that PlayStation and Xbox are going to have to overcome in 2020, and that is the fact that there really isn't a reason to buy one this year, because none of the biggest games are coming out for either of them. On the Xbox side of things, there is no new Gears of War, there is no new Halo, Halo Infinite got pushed to 2021. Really, Game Pass and third-party games are the only reasons to get an Xbox Series X or Series S in 2020. On the PlayStation 5 side of things, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales seems to be the big launch exclusive. Uh, on top of that, you have a couple of big third-party games. You have a partnership with Activision that probably gives some access to Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War DLC a little bit earlier. Probably some smaller indies like Bug Snacks are dropping this year, but ultimately, again, the big flagship title is going to be Spider-Man Miles Morales, and then third-party games are going to be coming to PlayStation 5 with a bit of a higher resolution, but many of those are already out on the PlayStation 4 and then also the Xbox One. So technically, you don't really need a new console this year, and PlayStation's event today didn't really do anything to sway my mind one way or the other. It's just coming out this year, and if you do want to get one and future-proof your setup, you have the option to do so. Ultimately, when it comes down to this generation, the consumer has more options than ever for how to get in to next-generation gaming, and it really comes down to a couple of elements. First and foremost, what kind of games do you want to play? Currently, PlayStation has a proven track record of having some of the most impressive exclusives that have ever been released. If you look at what is coming on the horizon, you have, no pun intended, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, but if you look at what's coming on the horizon, you have Horizon Forbidden West, you have Ratchet & Clank, you have Demon Souls as a console exclusive to PlayStation. On top of that, you have God of War that is going to be coming out in 2021, which looks to be one of the biggest holiday titles for next year, regardless of where you play. That is going to be massive. On top of that, on the Xbox side of things, you also have a lot of promising studios working on exclusive Xbox projects. Now, on both sides of the equation, many of these games are eventually going to be coming to PC. So if you do play on PC, you don't necessarily need to buy either of these right now, especially if you are willing to wait for those PlayStation exclusives to come out at some point in the future. On top of that, how much are you willing to pay? Because the Xbox Series S is incredibly affordable at $299 if you have not gotten into the world of 4K gaming. That could be the best option for you, especially if you get into Xbox Game Pass. 
However, for $399, just $100 more, you get access to the PlayStation 5, a console that is capable of doing 4K, and it's playing some of the biggest PlayStation exclusives along with some of the biggest third-party games. That is another incredibly enticing value proposition. And then for those that are wanting the entire experience, you have two consoles that are exactly the same in terms of price. You have the Xbox Series X, which is technically a bit more powerful, but is that going to be noticeable? That is still yet to be seen. Then you have the PlayStation 5, both of these $499. That sounds like a pretty good console setup to me. When it comes to when you can get these consoles, they are incredibly close together. And for anybody trying to get both of them, they're literally days apart. That is so much money. You could be dropping as much as $1,000, not including tax or shipping, on two consoles within a week. That is so much money. Uh, but this holiday season, it looks like it is going to be a very tight competition between the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. But ultimately, do you need either of these this year? Not really. 2021 seems to be the year that it will actually be worth getting in on a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X if you are planning on upgrading. But hey, that's just my two cents. But that rounds out today's recap of the PlayStation 5 event and my thoughts on it. Let me know what you thought in the comment section down below. I would love to hear how you perceive this generation. What are you going for? Which console do you think provides more value? And what do you think about the games themselves? I would love to see your thoughts. But until next time, you guys have a fantastic rest of the week. I'll be back on Sunday for a new episode of The Drop, and we'll be back in the studio with your regularly scheduled content. But until then, I'll be out on the beach.